You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Janine Bitson. And I'm Brad Gray. And we've been having a wonderful first hour here. Absolutely. And it's only getting better and better, right? <laughs> God is just, he's always here. You know, he's yeah, well, he leads always, it. Yep. I mean, it's obviously this whole apostolate is led by the Holy Spirit. We're just so grateful mm-hmm. uh, to God for all the work that he does through the airwaves um, that and how blessed we are to be part of these airwaves, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it's uh, speaking of being blessed by God, we are, uh, we're, we're, I think the church in, in America is moving into a particularly blessed moment right now as this Sunday, we're going to be, on Corpus Christi Sunday, we're going to be launching into this Euchari- multi-year Eucharistic revival for the, the entire United States. And we are just incredibly fortunate to have Father Brian Gross from the Diocese of Bismarck on with us this morning to talk about that Eucharistic revival. Good morning to you, Father Gross. Good morning. Good morning. So thank you for being with us this morning. You bet. My pleasure. My pleasure. Well, Father Brian, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and our listeners uh, get to know who who the voice is on the other side? Sure. Um, Yeah, I'm a priest in the Diocese of Bismarck, and I've been ordained um, for 12 years. And uh, I'm a pastor up in northwestern North Dakota in uh, a parish uh, called Epiphany in Watford City, and then a mission called Our Lady of Consolation in Alexander. So it's uh, right up in the middle of uh, the oil field up there in Uh northwestern North Dakota. So, yeah. So I've been there for 10 years, 10 years. Wow, so you just had two two years as an associate, then on to a pastorate right after that? Yeah, two years at the cathedral in Bismarck, and then I've uh, been pastor up there for 10 years. Okay. So, yeah. Well, it's really... Yeah, I think I figured it out after about seven. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really beautiful up there. A couple of weeks ago, my husband and I, uh, we we road tripped, tripped up to Mohal, and, uh, you know, just... a. Uh, spent time with a beautiful family, and then we uh, ended up going through Upham, and I know that's east of where you're at, but um, it was my first time up there, and it's just really beautiful. Yeah, the state's big. Yeah, it is. It is, but it was well worth the drive, yeah. Yeah, you you kind of laid a, I don't know, you got a bit of a monopoly on topography there in the western part of the state. We. We don't. Uh, we got the short short end of the stick when it comes to like things that happen to the ground in uh, the yeah. east here. Oh, that's yeah, true. That's a true statement. But in less yeah. than a week, Father Brian, uh, you'll be cel- well. We will. Uh, we will be celebrating the great feast. Can you explain uh, to our listeners what the feast of Corpus Christi is about? Yeah, Corpus Christi. Uh, it's a Latin word that means uh, the body of Christ. Um, and the Church celebrates this feast day in particular as uh, a day of celebration of the Eucharist, uh, our Lord's presence in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Um, so obviously every time we celebrate Mass, adoration, genuflecting from the tabernacle, um, Jesus is present, but we, we highlight, right, particular truths of our faith by our liturgical, liturgical celebration. So, you know, we just had Trinity Sunday, right, every time we pray, we invoke the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but uh, it gives the Church and preachers and, and people um, kind of a, a like a laser focus on, like, this is something 
that we believe and that we're supposed to obviously uh, have a devotion to, or you know, we actually worship Jesus in the Eucharist. And uh, and it just it gives the preacher the opportunity to highlight it. Um, certainly, some of the things that parishes will be doing are things like Eucharistic processions. Um, the Feast of Corpus Christi is also supposed to be a public proclamation of our belief that Jesus is uh, truly present in the Eucharist. Uh, so it's a yeah it's, it's a great it's a great feast day uh, for the church um, and so it's nice to uh, especially for those of us up here in the upper Midwest that it falls in the summer and not in in January mm. when you wouldn't be able to do Eucharistic processions yes. right? so, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was very thoughtful of uh, of the Holy See to uh, to align yeah. that more more with our weather patterns. <laughs> Oh, well, it is It is uh, the liturgical year and the church and all its celebrations are, are so incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, how we can highlight, even though it's once a year that we might highlight it in a really special way, it has to be highlighted throughout the year, yeah, right. you know. And so, it, and that's what's really cool um, about what you're doing. So, how will this year's feast be more special? Well, the bishops have uh, instituted, USCCB have instituted uh, a national Eucharistic revival. Uh, and so that starts on this weekend of Corpus Christi. And so it goes uh, quite a while, actually. It goes all the way through 2025. Um, and so there's three parts to it. Uh, the first part is the diocesan phase of the Eucharistic revival. Uh, and that's so that goes uh, for this particular year. Um, the second phase is the parish year of revival, and that begins June eleventh next year on oh. Corpus Christi. That goes for a full year. Okay. And then the third part is the national uh, Eucharistic revival um, on July seventeenth to the twenty first. There's going to be a massive gathering at Indianapolis. A National Eucharistic Congress, and then there's this whole going on admission. So, I mean, this year is particularly in, uh, special. I mean, you know, they're always they always are, but because it's this, it's the kickoff to what uh, the bishops really believe is the Holy Spirit moving the Church um, to sort of reinvigorate her belief and renew mm-hmm. her belief and revive her belief in, in the Lord's presence in the Eucharist. I mean, it, it seems like it, this is. I, I think the U.S. bishops have recognized that they're really needs to be a call back to Eucharistic devotion, right? When the studies have shown that it's more than 70% of Catholics don't believe that Jesus is truly present mm-hmm. in the Eucharist, that we have a lot of, you know, yeah. sort of scandalous messages that, that are put forward in our society right now about, you know, what it means to be uh, a devout follower of Jesus and, uh, you know, an adherent to his, uh, not to, to the, to his Catholic teaching, broadly speaking, but especially to uh, devotion and reverence for him in the Eucharist, right? Well, the the thing we have to remember is that this isn't um, so. So the third year, the third year is going on on mission, and mm. it ends on Pentecost. Mm. Okay, so so what the bishops are doing because this is where we get it wrong as Catholics um, is we think that if just people believe the right thing, then everything would be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and and belief is only one part of the process. Um, you know, Jesus standing in front of me and saying some things to me, and then I believe in them. That doesn't change me. Right. I have to. You know, Jesus is not a person to be imitated. He is a life to be lived. Mm. And so, and, and, in, and when we're receiving the Eucharist, that's what's happening. 
is we're asking Jesus to change us so that we do what he wants us to do, so that we live like he wants us to live. And so, um, you know, the, the, the thing that, you know, people will get, and it's, it's not helpful. They'll get all, oh, if people don't believe what they should believe. Or I wish they believed what sure. they believe, and they'll get angry. It's like, well, there's, the Eucharist is, you know, for the purpose of forming us to be Jesus. Right. Um, and, and so that union with him is, is supposed to change hearts, right? And so, so, you know, I think if this is done well, um, that's the goal. Mm. It's not just so that, well, okay, we did a poll and 40% people believed it was Jesus. Well, now 60 do. Sure. Well, that doesn't necessarily change things. Mm. Um, so a little bit of a soapbox for me here, but, you know. I love it. Like, no, it, it, no, it's it, fantastic. <laughs> it's It's got to be about an encounter with the Lord for the purpose of really changing. And that takes work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes work on 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 our part, on the priest's part, on those who say they believe and be disciples. It takes work. you got to get into the messiness of it all. Not just, well, we need to teach better. Yes, yeah. we do. We definitely have to teach better. Um, but we also have to inspire, uh, you know, so that people will, will actually make a decision to change their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's both and, right? It's, I don't know, that kind of makes any sense. But. Sure, absolutely. It, it makes completely sense. Uh, uh, <laughs> completely makes sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting ahead of my thoughts here. Um, but, yeah. you know, we, we can... Um, we can forget about the simple things and the reverence and the beauty and the importance, you know, just just with the way we genuflect, you know, when we come before the Blessed Sacrament, you know, the, just how our reverence is during the consecration. You know, all of this is so important to have this revival so that we're really into this deeper relationship with who we're receiving. Um, it, it, we're just really missing. I'm not saying everyone. I'm going off on a tangent here, Father. But I just see mm-hmm. where we're in a time in, in the world where that we need more respect. We need more reverence. We need more humility and, and a great devotion to the Eucharist and understanding what and who we're receiving yeah. is yeah. is the first part of that. I mean, it's just so so important, um, and I'm just really grateful that that the church is doing this. Yeah, and and we have to remember that um, reverence, uh, et cetera, um, partly certainly our own work mm-hmm. of uh, I come into the church and I know what I should be doing. Um. You know, I say my prayers, I know how I should be saying them. But the thing we forget is that when we put ourselves in front of Jesus in the Eucharist, we're asking the Holy Spirit to work in us. He wants to create a profound space of silence mm. and interior reverence. And we, as Catholics, sometimes can get caught up in just the, this is what I should do externally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's that the sacramental reality is both. Right. You know, the external action and the internal action. Father, I love that point. We're going to have to take a quick break, but I, on the other side of the break, I'd like to go more into that, and especially how we can, can you know, make some transitions in our own approach to Jesus, how we can kind of enter into that space and bring us a sort of fruitful, uh, uh, potent silence. So uh, we're going to step away for a quick break, but we'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. 
This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio, with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Janine Bitson, and I'm joined by Brad Gray. We're having a fantastic conversation with Father Brian Gross from the Diocese of Bismarck. Uh, he is overseeing the Eucharistic revival for the Diocese of Bismarck, and of course, this is going on in all dioceses. I, yeah, throughout I mean, the country. it's throughout yeah. the country. So this is so important. So welcome back, Father Gross. We're so grateful you're here to discuss this with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Father, we were talking before the break about, you'd made the great point that this isn't about just people thinking the right things, right? Like, it's not just about getting the poll numbers better, about how many percentage of Catholics believe that Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist. But it's about lives changed. It's about hearts transformed. It's about, uh, you know, a fire and a passion for the Lord who is present to us at every moment and in a particular way in the Eucharist. Uh, but, But that... He has a special, particular vision for every one of us. And it's really ultimately about responding to that, that design that he has for every one of us individually, for the church as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you say responding. I would say responding, uh, but first we have to receive it. Sure, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and so um, one of the 
like kind of a center point of my own uh, personal prayer these last, I don't know, few years actually, is is really been a deeper devotion, uh, our deeper um, desire for the Holy Spirit to create in me a a space of uh, of deeper peace and calm. Mm. Um, and and I think so often. And that, and that takes a lot of work, because as that happens, as you're inviting uh, God to do that, it, there's all the stuff that's not peace and calm is going to come to the surface. Mm-hmm. So our sins are where we need to be healed, where we need to be wounded, where we have believed lies about ourselves, about God, where we just don't want to listen to Him. All that stuff's going to come up, right? And and the way this Eucharistic revival, I would say, in one very, you know, the many different ways that we could talk about success, and that's always a a dangerous thing in the church because sure. Jesus was successful and he died on the cross. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> you know, um, but, but when we put ourselves in the presence of Jesus, we are first and foremost putting ourselves in a position of worship. Mm. I worship him. I'm worshiping. You are my Lord. I worship you. And the response of the King to that worship is going to be, I give you the kingdom. And the kingdom is a kingdom of peace, a peace that the world can't give. Um, and so one of the things I think that the Eucharistic Bible uh, would be really beneficial for, like, in a very tangible way, for for Joe and Susie Smith Catholic with eight kids, with two kids, for Joe, the widow, who's 80 years old, or whatever happens to be, and everybody in between, is I'm more peaceful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I go before Jesus in the Eucharist, and it's just this place of peace for me. It's this place of, of calm for me. Um, and when we live in that way, then what's going to happen is we're going to be way more excited and way more ready to go out again this third year of this Eucharistic Revival, going on a mission. Eat everything I need for my king. I'm not afraid of, of, of man anymore. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so I think... Uh, and this is this is what Jesus is wanting to do, right? Where grace, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. More chaos, more confusion, more things to look at, good and bad. Um, you know, do this, do that, do this, do that. What's God's response going to be? More grace. And what's that grace? Be at peace. Be yeah. calm. You know? And, and so people need to be trained and taught how to enter into that, in particularly, I believe, in the, in the context of the Mass and then the extension of the Mass, which is which is Eucharistic adoration. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what, you know, in, in Bismarck, that's kind of what uh, Bishop Kagan, Bishop David Kagan, uh, we're kind of, we sort of talked about that, like how do we, how do we, the, the events we're going to hold, how do we do that? How do we uh, allow people, um, you know, how, 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 what opportunities are we able to give folks so that they can learn how to be in that state and realize really truly how not peaceful we are. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, even when we come to church or come to adoration. Yeah, I, I love I love that you focus on that aspect of receiving first because I think uh, it can be very easy for us to kind of automatically go into kind of missionary mode, right? Like we're supposed to go out and and give, give. And uh, you know, I've taught um, RCIA for a little over twenty years now, and one of the things that I'll I'll talk with uh, the those coming into the church is that there's there's a Language has meaning. It has significance. And in Catholicism, we actually don't talk, we don't refer to um, communion as taking the Eucharist. 
we refer to it as receiving the Eucharist. And that's our posture, too. Uh, as a layperson, we, you, you don't go up and Father hands out the, the, the ciborium and you grab Jesus and you, you receive him, you know, either by opening your mouth or putting out your hands and receiving him. Um, and that I think that, you know, the Mass itself is kind of oriented that way, that you're first going forth, you're worshiping, as you said, entering into that worship of God and receiving, being fed by him before you're sent out on mission, you know, the, the, and go, ita misa est, the go, the Mass is, and, and that, that kind of sending mm-hmm. forth. And so I think that it is something that we skip past too quickly, often, as a, as a rule, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the fact that um, the Church is always journeying through the world, and we want to be aware of the best that the world has to offer while at the same time trying to protect um, ourselves from the things that are harmful to us. And, and it's, a, it's a divine institution filled with fallen people. Um, and so we have to continually be brought back to uh, these, this position of revival and renewal um, so that we can, again, understand who we are. Uh, and so that we can, all the things you were saying, right, um, we can respond appropriately, we can receive appropriately, we can form appropriately. It's an extraordinarily large task. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and the worst thing that can happen um, that's a strong statement, but a yeah. bad thing that can happen is uh, is we get discouraged. Yes, um, and that's what that's what the evil one wants to do. He wants to get us discouraged, and then he wants us to send us away and say he'll he'll say everything that you think in the Catholic Church that you believe in today that you go to mass in uh, on the local level, uh, parish diocese, and and, and beyond. Um, all of that stuff that they were just doing what you think. It would be okay. It would be okay. Um, but they're not doing those things, and you know better. So go over here, try this. You'll feel better. And then what does the, what does the enemy do? The enemy fills us for a time, right? Because he loves our pride. He fills us with, with for a time. He'll fill us with like you're right. See, you made the right decision. This is the good thing, mm-hmm. right? And then he'll just pull the rug out from under us. This is what he does. Um, and we look at all the revivals, all the reforms that have happened in the Church, it comes through a person or a group of people staying faithful to Jesus, staying faithful to the sacraments, praying, sometimes long-suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord always wins. I mean, he's it, the fact of the matter is, is that it's not going to be perfect, obviously, until, until He returns. Right. Uh, may that happen this afternoon. That'd be great. I'd appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can't return so. this afternoon because we got the uh, we got the Corpus Christi procession coming up on Sunday, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> but but it is so important because he is going to return, and whether it's the end of time or our own personal end of times, you know, and that's mm-hmm. why it's so important that our relationship is. <laughs> is all founded day to day to day with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, you know, going to Mass every Sunday is so vitally important to be fed, uh, to receive Christ, uh, so that when we do go out into the world, and some can do every day and some can't, and, and that's understandable, but for sure, uh, to just, just to be more intentional and have the right disposition when we receive 
the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ on Sundays is so yeah. vitally important. If I can, if I can uh, make a suggestion to everybody listening, um, the first thing is to, and this is this is sort of a basic teaching of evangelization, is have a and, and you know, think about the Catholic in your life that you need to talk to potentially, but have in your in your mind in your heart a ready-made one, two, three minute. This is why the Eucharist. Mm. is important, or this is how the Eucharist changed my life. Yes. Um, and it does not have to be a you know, St. Paul-style, like, I was a murderer, and then <laughs> I was better racing, and I'm not anymore. No, it, it can be something as simple as, you know, my, my husband died, and uh, my husband died, and then, and then I just decided that I was going to spend eight minutes in front of the tabernacle on a Tuesday morning. And I can point to that moment as a before and after. Mm, yeah. like Jesus did something in me, mm-hmm. right? Like those who mourn will be comforted. And I'd stayed away from Jesus because I was mad at him. Yeah. Because I, I, did, uh, I was angry because this happened or this person died or I didn't get this thing. And then finally I decided, okay. And I went back to Mass after three years being away. And the moment I walked into the church, when the priest held up the Eucharist, I realized, why have I stayed away? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, and to have that, and that's and that's what the Eucharist like. We, you know, we're we look at Amazon dot com and we look at Google and we we apply these principles sometimes as Catholics because we're people in the world to the like. If the church had this big organization that was just to do these, it, when it comes down to it, it's person to person. Yeah, right. It's parish priests to parishioners. That's where the that's where the conversion happens. That's where Jesus. That's how it acts. We look. You know, we look at how the early church operates, you know, yeah. the, and how Jesus operates. He, it's person to person, small little area. This is the area you've been called to, you know, in your workplace, in your home, um, in your coffee shop, whatever. So Beautiful. And, and that's where, like, the, the Eucharistic revival is successful, right, if people come to know who Jesus is. Amen. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Father. It's We're kind of coming to the very end here, but I, I want to encourage everyone to really bring this uh, this t- special period of time, this grace moment, uh, into your life, into your prayer and your hearts. There, We have Corpus Christi this Sunday. I invite you to check out your parishes, your diocese, see what sort of pr- processions, what sort of events are going on to celebrate Cor- Corpus Christi and the launch of this Eucharistic revival. Father Gross, thank you so much for being on with us this morning. My pleasure. God bless. All right. God bless you, too. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. All right. We do have to take another quick break. But on the other side of this, we're going to talk about the second apparition of Fatima, which we uh, observed today. So stay with us for more Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 